I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Welcome to another episode of Indie Book Talk. You're joining us for episode two of our Indie Book School series which is where we talk about all the things you need to know in order to make yourself a successful indie author. Today, we're talking about plotting versus pantsing, which should be a very interesting conversation because Shelley and I both fall on one side of that spectrum, and yet we're still going to try to talk about the entirety of it. So... Well, we know how the plotting part works. We just yeah, don't. Yeah, but we just choose not to do it. <laughs> there, is, there is no right or wrong way. I just want to put that out there. Everyone has their own way of doing this. Some people do both, a mismatch, some plot one book, some pants another. I actually find it really interesting when you read about the lives of like famous authors. There really is a massive variation in how they go about their work. And this is one aspect of that, but like hugely varied, just like every possible way of working famous authors have done. So like whatever you're doing, it's probably fine as long as you're getting books written. So I think we should stop for just a second and explain plotting versus pantsing. That seems so, like a good plan. Um, because, you know, for a while when I was writing, I didn't know what those things were. So plotting is essentially a person that sits down and, and plots out their story. They know what's going to happen. And that can be everything from a vague plot of beginning, middle, end. To I know people that chart out chapter by chapter and know every single scene by scene. Oh, and they've got it down. I mean, it is just, they can just knock that out and they know exactly what's going to happen. That seems like magic to me. I don't understand. That's like wizardry. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> A panster is quote unquote, going by the seat of their pants. They, they, they sit down to a blank screen and just go, and uh, the characters just do the things. And it just sort of goes as it goes. Um, and that's kind of how I do it. And I, I would sometimes have a vague idea of where I wanted to go, but a lot of the times I just sort of sit down and let it flow. And it's it's so funny to think about like the the two different types of people and how kind of baffled we are by each other's processes. Because I know that when we talk, like we talked to, who did we talk to? Oh, Squidgy Witty. Yes, yeah. with his whiteboards. <laughs> yeah, with his whiteboards. And he had, they they don't just have. Okay, so Squidgy Witty is a, a, a pair of people who write together and they are writing uh, like a romance series like in a in a contained universe and they have like every book they have like 10 books planned which i i'm lucky if i know like i got to the end of assembling ella which is the book i just finished um and i was talking to my aunt and she asked me a question and i was like oh that's my next book apparently (laughs) (laughs) well they not only had their books planned out they knew everyone's backstory like they had everyone that had a storefront and and who they were and it was amazing to me. I, some part of me wishes I could do that, but I, I think that I would rebel and make them different people while I was pantsing anyway. I, I just don't think I could stick to a pre-planned format. Well, that's actually the funny thing about when you talk to some plotters who you'll be like, hey, so you plot your whole thing. So you know exactly what's going to happen. And they're like, well... Because a lot of times, uh, there's a particular kind of plotter who plots the entire story, they know everything that's going to happen, and then somewhere 
along the way, the characters get their own ideas, deviate wildly from the script, and then the plotter has to go back and like redo the outline to match um, what's going to happen. Because it turns out that sometimes your characters have other ideas, sometimes decide to do something that you did not intend or plan. And that's why I skipped that step personally, because my characters usually know what they want before I do. So me telling them what to do doesn't work for me. I was surprised to learn that Stephen King is a pantser. So if you ever want to think that, you know, you can't be a bestseller author and, and do pantsing, he does it. I'm actually unsurprised that Stephen King is a pantser because I don't think you could plan the, some of the terror that he has and still get through the story. Because I think if you knew it was coming, you'd be like, nope, 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 nope. It'd be like, no clowns, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I need to sleep. <laughs> so. so some of the pros of both ways. So for a panster, you have a lot more like, you know, wiggle room. The magic of exploration. Right. Um, you're not like stuck in any one story or idea or concept. You're, you can like change it on the fly without thinking, well, you know, I can't lose Susie. Right. If I cut Susie, I'll have to rewrite the whole outline. Yeah. Well, yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah. I guess the con for that is that there is more outline. There's more rewriting for that. For, for plotters, they can do foreshadowing, which is great for mysteries. And they already know what their ending is. And they don't tend to get as stuck as much, I think. Yeah, I think that, now this is purely anecdotal and based on absolutely nothing, but I feel like <laughs> if, you're, right, if you're writing like a mystery series, I think you almost have to be a plotter to a certain degree. Nope. Like, <laughs> Shelly's like, no, no. This is about well, me killing too many people those first few chapters, isn't it? It, it might be. It might be. So the, the real con, I think, of writing the way that we write is that while a plotter will often have a clear path forward, mm -hmm. we do not. And so sometimes you will go down the wrong path. <laughs> or let me say the, the less direct path mm -hmm. and sometimes have to backtrack and realize that like the last 3,000 words you wrote are basically going to have to be cut because they don't in fact go the direction you need to go. Right. It is a lot of extra work, but it's the only way I can imagine doing it. Right. Me too. I, I've actually tried, I have tried to plot stories before. And what happens when I do that personally is that I get bored very quickly. If I know too much when I start, I am just kind of stymied by it. Like I already know the answer. What's the point of writing this whole story just mm -hmm. to... I've read this book before. I'm not going to read it again immediately. Now I'll read it again in a few years. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that would work if I like plotted something and then waited two years to write it. But I don't, who has that kind of time? I will say for mysteries and even cozies, which are very, you know, light mystery, I do have to then go back and then I do become somewhat of a plotter because after I write, then I have to go back and I kind of segment it out. And I'm like, okay, did I put enough foreshadowing here? Did I put enough red herrings before? And then I have to go and make sure those fit nicely into the story. And I could have saved myself a lot of time if I'd come up with them beforehand, but I didn't know beforehand what they were because I didn't know where my characters were going to go and what was going to happen. So you're kind of a plotter in retrospect. 
Right. I plot last. <laughs> this is a lot like what I did in school. Um, so when I was a kid and, and you know how the teachers would have you do the thing where they were like, okay, you're going to turn in an outline and then you're going to turn in this and then you're going to turn in your report. I would write the report first mm-hmm. and then manufacture all of the pieces. Exactly. And I think that actually might speak to my need for perfection in when I was younger. Like as a, a young writer, I felt like I had to be really good all the time. And I think that, you know, that this idea that the outline has to perfectly match, you know, your plan has to perfectly match the output mm. is actually kind of flawed because the point of the plan is to help you walk through the steps to get your mind in order. And now as a a writer of nonfiction, which in my day job, I write blog posts and I write course content and websites and all kinds of stuff. I often do outline those things because there are some very clear points that I need to get across. And so it orders my brain. But for fiction, I just have to sort of spontaneously create and then go back, like you said. And if I do need to like fix a weird pacing issue or figure out you know, why is this going off the rails? Then I'll plot something until I figure it out and then I'll stop plotting and move on. Right. I mean, like in my day job, I have to write policies and procedures and those have very specific guidelines. And I think that might be why I much prefer the pantsing style outside of that in my creative world, because I want to let all that go. Oh, I I didn't think of that. Like it's, it's my creative release. I'm like, I've already been in the structured world, but now I need to stop that and just see what flows. Right. You've been line dancing all day. Now you want to do some interpretive dance. Time to Zumba. I'm actually in a really weird place right now, which this may or may not be useful for those listening, but I'm in a weird place right now because the book that I'm working on now is about a character who's in the book I just published. Mm -hmm. And I didn't plan to write a book about him because I don't plan. (laughs) Um, But I decided after this book was pretty much done that I was going to write this other book about this other character. And so now I have this weird situation where while I don't have a full plot for him, you know, plotted out, I do have certain constraints that Mm -hmm. don't exist for other stories because part of this story that I'm writing now overlaps with the one I just published. Right. So like Panster's still benefit from kind of like a story Bible. Because yeah. I had to make one of those for what I was working on now because it is going to be a series and I can't mm-hmm. have gross inconsistencies, you know, going forward because people like to get to know those characters and the town and all that kind of thing. And they will notice. Right. I mean, little inconsistencies, they'll let you get away with if they're really invested. But, you know, they don't want you to suddenly start calling Sue Sarah in book three. I mean, you got to right. you gotta know what the woman's called. <laughs> well, I actually had a near miss already. Um, I didn't well because I didn't do I was like oh I just wrote this book I can probably write the next one without like a whole bible right like it'll be fine so I start writing and then I was like wait I'm pretty sure we mentioned when this thing happened I'm pretty sure we did let me go check and it turns out what I remembered putting in the book and what was actually in the book were not the same and so my (laughs) timeline got shifted by like six months Oops. And there's a big difference between, you know, it's Christmas and it's August. So Christmas in August, go for it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, if you are, are a pantser, I do highly recommend if you're writing 
anything other than a standalone to at least have some good notes to yourself of what you've already established. What's canon? So you can write from canon and not uh, have to go back and have your editor screaming at you. <laughs> or your readers. Or your readers, which Like is you worse. said, they will catch it. So did you go back and make yourself a Bible for going forward? I did. I went through, well, I went through and did um, every mention of this character. I checked and like wrote a note to myself. I'm probably going to have to do it for his sister too, because she's playing heavily in his, this new story. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, I realized how much of a problem it could have been. You know, if I'd written the whole draft and then gone back and been like, oh, la, let me check this stuff. <laughs> Shifting the story six months actually has a huge impact on what's oh. happening and where it happens because they're kids and they're in school. Right. So like in my mind, it was midterms and then it was going to be Christmas and then they were going to go right back to school, you know, like that period. And it turns out that in order for this to make any sense, it's actually the end of a school year. Ah. Uh. That's not something you can fix with a line or two. That's no, no, that would have been a massive rewrite. So like there is, see, there is some benefit to at least knowing where you're starting from before you start. <laughs> but if it's book one, you really can just let things go wild, at least yeah. for that first draft. I mean, just like, just sit down and, and let it all go and then go back through and be like, okay, now maybe it's a good time to plot out. Like now that you have kind of like your idea of, who your characters are. <laughs> right. And I would argue that most pantsers, again, if anyone out there is like, no, you're crazy, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that most pantsers, at some point, we do some semblance of plotting. You know, at some point we look and go, is this story coherent? Did I, did I deliver on what I set up? You know, if you put the gun in the first act, you have to use it by the third act, right? Like, are we doing those things? Mm -hmm. We just don't do it up front because for me, the, the journey of discovery, the experience of uncovering who my characters are and letting them tell me who they are is more fun than sort of strong arming them into letting me tell them what to do. Well, I think a lot of pantsers might consider that their editing phase versus a plotting phase. Yes. Yeah. I do call it editing. Um, but I think that in like really literal terms, it's probably more like retrospective plotting. But we don't want to use that word. No, I prefer <laughs> editing. I actually like editing. I don't mind editing. So I'd rather, I'd rather do that. Plotting makes me, it makes me feel like I'm going to do it wrong. You know, like if I plot and I don't follow the plot, then I've somehow deviated from the plan and you make a plan for a reason. And then I don't know. Well, plotting I'm not a planner seems... in real life either. Plotting just seems like so much work. Like you read those writing books and they're all like, okay, now you plan out this chapter and you do this and you have then like the, the, oh my gosh, the crisis moment and then the end. And I'm like, can I just write the scene? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I reread it, I'll be like, okay, that was either interesting and took you to the next chapter or it flopped. I just, I can't function in terms of like, you know, hit this point, hit that point, end. Well, I think it really depends on how your brain works, too. Mm -hmm. Because for some people, I think the idea of just letting a scene happen seems like too much work, right? You're going to write a thousand words and then throw them away because they didn't actually contribute to the plot. That seems mm -hmm. crazy. So I think it's really a matter of are you a person who like who likes to have a plan, who has that kind of methodical process, or are you a person who sort of go with the flow, interpretive dancy? Mm -hmm. And I would say both you and I. Uh, anyone who follows us on social media has probably figured out by now 
It's a secret. What, what adorable animal were you cuddling most recently? Which one? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what her deal is. I'll go on her, on her Facebook and I'll see. She's like, look at me with this sloth. Look at me with this cobra. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was an octopus most recently. Oh, and the, the, the otters. I was I was in a pool Aww. with six um, Asian otters. They're so cute. They were. <laughs> anyway, that was. This is what happens when you don't plan the episode. Because <laughs> we pants wonder. it. We pants the episodes. We pants the episodes. Can you tell? One of the things, though, I want to bring up is, so you can plot too hard. I think, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes, especially beginning writers first first time authors they get very attached to their plots they're mm-hmm. very attached to like i want the story to do this thing and if you're too rigid with that now i'm not saying you can't plot you should if if plotting's your thing go plot mm-hmm. but remember to add some flexibility because i read a book recently and i'm not going to out the book but i read a book recently that was a new release and i was really frustrated by it because i got a sense about halfway through the book that the author was telling the characters what to do Oh, yeah. It didn't seem organic and internal, the actions they were taking. At at some point, it almost felt like she'd written herself into a corner with, like, who the characters were becoming, but then said, no, you're going to do this because that's on the plot, and then made them do those things. And what happened when I reached that point in the story is I lost the sense of um, engagement, that that sense of being totally immersed in a world. Yeah, you have to be willing to... To flow a little bit. I was starting to like see the characters as characters. And I was starting to think about like, well, why does she want them to do this thing? And I was like getting really wrapped up in the the craft instead of in the story. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously not every reader is going to do that. Some readers probably thought it was fine, but it was distracting. And I actually talked to someone else about it who'd read that book and they had the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> so like give yourself some flow, give yourself some opportunity to go off on tangents, to see what you will discover. You know, there's no, nobody's looking over your shoulder going, well, you said that in scene three, (laughs) he, he would do this thing. And he actually did that thing. Like nobody cares as long as it's coherent going forward. Yeah, definitely. You got to let yourself like, let go of the darling plots or people or something. Oh, you're a darling. Yeah. Got to kill him. But that being said, I know that people, that churn out book after book after book, they they usually plot them out and can write them so much faster. So there is a bit of magic in that as well, but I'm sure there's pantsers that can do the same. Not me. I, I then take too long to rewrite, but I'm sure there are people <laughs> that put out stuff book after book that are also pantsers. I believe it. And I, if, if any of you are out there, please tell us. I want to I wanna meet you and, and pick <laughs> your brain. I think actually we had Stormy on and she kind of talked about that. She really just writes her books. She doesn't do a whole lot of planning. So, and she's written some very quickly. Um, I think her third book just came out or is just about to come out, something like that. So I think it's, it all works. The the takeaway here, the thing I want you to remember from our session today, students, is that (laughs) there will be a quiz. There will be a quiz. And the answer to the quiz is this, you're doing it right. Mm Mm-hmm. If you end up with a completed book at the end, you're doing it right. And a lot of this process is figuring out what works best for me at this moment in this particular book. Do I need to plot this scene? Do I need to plot these three chapters? Okay, do that. Do I need to pants because I really don't know what happens next or because I'm getting bored with the story and it's not feeling fresh? Okay, then do that. 
whatever you do is totally fine and don't let anyone on the internet or anywhere else tell you otherwise. Take your bits of advice as you need them. Don't don't take them as like dogma, like you have to do a steps A, B, C. Take a little bit from here, a little bit from there, and you'll be golden. Yes. And with that inspirational ending, I think we should end because <laughs> I've got nothing else to say on this topic. I'm done. Done. But if you liked this, if it was useful to you in any way, if we offered you some hint of wisdom that you can pull away and use in your writing practice, please like, share, and subscribe. It helps us out and it keeps these episodes happening. Yay! Yay!